you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heap. You're as cuddly as a cat is, and as charming as an and you haven't been with us for this series, maybe you're wondering, why is The Grinch your bumper? Why are we watching The Grinch before we start hearing the word this morning? Well, we're in the middle of our You Can't Cancel Christmas series, and it's such a wonderful time for us to talk about all of the things leading up to Christmas. And the reason The Grinch is here, if you've never seen the movie, The Grinch tries to steal Christmas, tries to steal the gifts, right? So we have this to remind us that Christmas can't be canceled. Are you excited that Christmas can't be canceled? Yeah. Well, if I haven't met you, if I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you yet, my name's Danielle. I'm the worship director here at The Bridge, and I'm excited to be with you to continue our You Can't Cancel Christmas series this morning. But before we get started, before we jump in, can we just take a minute to appreciate how wonderful our lead pastors, Pastors Dwayne and Chris are, because they are really pioneer leaders who help us see that Christmas can't be canceled, that hope can't be canceled, that peace can't be canceled, that joy can't be canceled. And I don't get this opportunity very often because usually when I'm on stage, I'm singing. So I can't sing a song over them. So I'm just gonna take a minute, if you'll indulge me, can we just take a minute, online family, can you take a minute in the comments? Give us some emojis, some fire, some hearts, some clapping hands. But can we just take a minute? I wanna tell you guys that our pastors that you see on this stage week in and week out, the pastors that they are on this stage are the same pastors that they are off this stage. I get the privilege to walk them, watch them walk through life and walk through hard things and walk through hurtful things and walk through exciting things and they are the same when it's high, when it's low, when it's happy, when it's sad. They are the same people that speak to you on this stage, the same people that sit in my home and cry with me, that help carry me and my family through things. So I just want you to know when you hear the word on this stage that our leaders, the people that you've chosen to follow, that your pastors, even online family, are the same people off this stage. So can we just take a minute in the middle of Christmas and can we honor our leaders? Can we tell them how wonderful they are? Can we thank you for how amazing they are? Come on, online family, in the comments, tell them how much you love them, tag them, tag them in the comments, give them some clapping, some fire, some hearts. We really do love you and there's nothing you can do about it. Thank you for this opportunity. So I have the privilege this morning, Bridge Family, to continue this series. So if you haven't been with us, we've been lighting candles, right, every week. There's a different theme over Advent. If you don't know what Advent is, it's just the anticipation, anticipation of the coming of Christ. So every week we light. We started with hope, then we lit peace, and then today we lit love. And do you know 
that every one of these, every week we focused on it. If you haven't watched those messages, you need to go back on YouTube, Facebook, whatever you listen to, however you listen to those things, and listen to those messages. Because I wanna talk to you today about each one of these, hope, peace, this week, joy, and then the last one next week. Each one of these is a gift. Each one of these is a gift to us. So I wanna present to you this morning that there is a gift for you available. If you're hopeless, there's hope. If you don't have peace, there's peace. If you're not experiencing joy, there's joy. So, I want to remind you, this is why, this is why we just watched The Grinch, to remind us that you can't cancel Christmas. The Grinch can't steal your Christmas. The Grinch can't steal your hope and your peace and your joy. But you know what? You can choose not to receive it. You can choose not to receive the gift that's before you today. So. As we move to our third theme this week of joy, I'm gonna present to you that joy is a gift. And we're gonna read our scripture and we're gonna pray, but, but can we just together agree, online family, can you say this with me? Joy is a gift, okay? So here's where we're headed. Let's read Luke 2, eight through 14. It's the same one we read. It's a little more, a little further along than what we read for the Advent lighting. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Somebody say, all the people. For unto you today, this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord is born. Unto you is born a gift. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God, appeared, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among them with whom he is pleased. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill to men. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this good news, for this good gift that brings great joy. Father, in this few moments that we have together, would you open our hearts to receive the gift you have for us? Would you open our ears to hear your word this morning? Would you open our eyes to see how you see today? We thank you that we won't leave the same way, that we will be transformed today by your word and by your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I love Christmas. Anybody love Christmas? I love Christmas. I love Christmas music. I love Christmas lights. I love Christmas cookies. I love Christmas signs. I love Christmas decorations. I love Christmas presents. Anybody like Christmas presents? I love Christmas presents. I love giving presents. I love getting presents. I love talking about presents. I love shopping for presents. I love watching people open presents. I love wrapping presents. Anybody love to wrap presents? Anybody hate to wrap presents? Yeah, okay, we're about half and half on campus. Hit me up in the comments, online family, if you love it or you hate it. I love wrapping presents. There's something so perfect about a present where the folds are perfect, the creases are sublime, there's no wrinkles, there's no tears, there's not too much tape, there's a perfectly placed bow or not if you don't want a bow. Everything is just perfect. But as a mom, 
have this conundrum every Christmas because I love the process of rapping. I love the idea of rapping. And as a single female before I had children, before I was married with kids, I thought, oh man, Christmas is gonna be so beautiful. We're gonna turn on Christmas movies. We're gonna drink our hot cocoa with too many marshmallows. None of it is gonna spill on our clothes or our couch. It's gonna be beautiful. We're all gonna learn how to rap together. And it's gonna be this beautiful, oh, joyous time together with my family. And then I had children and I realized it's never gonna be like that. There will always be hot chocolate on someone's clothes or my beautiful couch or the carpet on the floor or maybe in the present that we're wrapping. It's gonna be chaos. Their paper is not, my favorite paper, they're gonna use all of it. They're not gonna like measure it and have the exact right amount to do two or three presents. They're not gonna lay it out. They're just ripping paper and cutting stuff with scissors they probably shouldn't even be using and then they're using too much tape. There's a whole roll of tape and everything is chaotic. My children are terrible present wrappers, awful. <laughs> Except for Rome, who's up in the booth serving today. Rome would like you to know that Rome is a great present wrapper. Yeah. Congratulations, everybody give a round of applause for Rome. My 12-year-old, he's a fantastic present wrapper, but when he was three, he was not a good present wrapper. So there is hope, family, for your children to learn how to wrap presents. So I love it, but here's the thing, even yesterday, I had some presents that I had my six-year-old and my three-year-old wrap for me, and see, we used too much tape in our house, so the clear tape was gone. So we had to move to painter's tape in order to wrap these presents. I don't know if you can see that online. Right here, Judah needed to write Jesus across it. So we have, Judah had a very interesting wrapping technique that I did not teach her but have at it. She just sort of cut strips, wrapped it around. And then Josephine, my three-year-old, um, we sort of just balled it up like a baby blanket, right? So it looks about like how she wraps her babies. So this is what you get when your children wrap presents. But do you know who else gives, well, when I, when I wrap these, I put beautiful gifts inside of them for my family, for my friends, right? And, and Josephine, my kids are so giving. They love to spend my money and buy people gifts. They would give you the keys to my car as a present. They would take my brand new iPhone and they would give it right to you. They're so generous. So there could be such a valuable gift in here. But maybe it, the wrapping looks just a little scary, right? So you think, there's not an iPhone, Danielle, in there. There's not keys to a beautiful car in there. There's not the thing that I've been waiting for in there. You know who else gives really valuable gifts that look like they were wrapped by a three-year-old? God. He gives gifts. God gave us the gift of Jesus. And you know how he came? Wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Do you know what that is? Wrapped in dirty strips of cloth, laying in a food trough. Wrapping. The savior of the world was wrapped in strips of cloth, laying on some hay in a bowl, in a food bowl. But that gift is still valuable. So sometimes we get so wrapped up in what the wrapping looks like that we forget there is a beautiful gift in here. There is a gift for you today. But it might come wrapped like 2020. Do you know that joy, I'm gonna present to you today, joy is a gift. But we're gonna call it a present because present sounds so fun, right? Joy is a present. But joy might come wrapped in 2020. Joy might come in layoffs or quarantines. Joy might come in family frustrations. But if you miss it, 
There's this beautiful gift, but you can miss it because all you see is this messy wrapping. All you see is the, is the strips of cloth and the food trough. But Jesus, here we have Jesus, this beautiful gift, he's our gift that keeps on giving. So he gives us joy. He gives us all of these gifts. He gives us hope, he gives us peace, he gives us joy. This gift keeps on giving. So if joy is a present, the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above, but it says nothing about the wrapping paper it comes in. It says nothing about how it gets here. It's a gift. So we don't wanna miss this gift or this present because we're caught in the wrapping paper. So joy is a gift, but do you know that joy is a promised gift? Joy is a promise for you. So as parents, how many parents in here online? Give me a little hand emoji. As parents, we try so diligently to keep our promises to our kids. If we say we're gonna go have ice cream tomorrow, we do everything in our power to go have ice cream tomorrow. What I've learned as a parent is I just don't say it because then if something changes, then I didn't tell them the wrong thing. So when we're gonna go to a birthday party, they know two hours before. If they get to spend the night, they got to spend the night with, with McCole last night, the girls did, and I told them an hour before she came. Why? Because I didn't want plans to change and I didn't want them to drive me crazy. But how many times as a parent do they keep asking and then sometimes we don't, we don't follow through on our promises. We try, we have the best intentions, but sometimes we follow through. But do you know that our Father, God, never falls through? So this promised present of joy is not something where he's like, oh yeah, later. Oh, I'll give you this later. Yeah, tomorrow. No, 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 no. If God promised it, then he will keep his promises. Because joy is the essence of God's character. So if joy is part of God's character, then it's a birthright to his children. That means you, as a child of God, have the birthright to joy. But you've gotta unwrap it. Do you know that the gospel starts and it ends with joy? How? In Luke, we see this. The angel appears and says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy. This good news brings great joy. Then we have all of the life of Jesus through the gospels. We get to watch all of the miracles and all of the things he does. And then just before the cross, he's praying and he says, Father, I'm about to return to you. But I say these things, what things? All of the things that the Father told him to say. I'm saying all of these things so that they, the disciples, us, will see my joy fulfilled in them. I'm about to leave, but I'm saying all of this so that their joy, my joy may be fulfilled in them, that they will then have joy. And then their prayer is that other people get joy and that, that joy that we have is then fulfilled in other people. So it starts and it ends with joy. The gospel can't be separated from joy, right? It, there, there's no separation because the gospel is good news and good news brings what? Great joy. So it's not just a promised present woven beautifully through the gospels. It's a powerful present. We say the joy of the Lord is my strength. Nehemiah says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Do you know that the joy of the Lord is your strength today? If you're feeling tired, if you're feeling weak, if you're feeling not strong, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do you know who else? Strength that was? Jesus. In Hebrews 12, we read, we fix our eyes on Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross in all of its humiliation. For the joy. Because he had joy set before him, that's what carried him through the cross. So joy is not just strength for you, joy was strength for Jesus. And if joy was strength for Jesus, then what else do we need? because he's given us this gift to carry us through. 
So it is a powerful present. It is a promised present. But do you know that we have to, we have to find ourselves knowing what real joy is. So growing up in church, if there's any church kids online, on campus, you sing a lot of songs about joy, you hear a lot of messages about joy, there's a lot of verses about joy, so you sing what? I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I've got the joy, joy, joy. So you carry that through, and those are beautiful principles that we're teaching our children. I'm so glad I have it. I'm so glad that that was instilled in me. But what happens sometimes is people have good intentions, but their, their direction and their follow through isn't so great, so what happens is I'm going through a tough time and somebody says, oh, but you got joy. Kendall comes to me weeping about something sorrowful in her life and I say, but Kendall, you got the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy, joy, you just gotta have joy. But we don't know how to access that joy. So what do we do? We fake it or we put a mask on. And so this actually, I've been doing all kinds of research the last few weeks in joy. I've been reading things and listening to things and the Journal of Psychology and Theology says, joy is a psychological habit. We know joy is not a feeling right? Happiness is a feeling. Joy is not a feeling. But then what is joy? A psychological habit. Dr. Darius Daniels calls it an emotional condition. So what does that mean? It means that joy stays when feelings come and go. So my feelings can come and my feelings can go and there's nothing wrong with feelings. Feelings are not bad. It's when our feelings are controlling us. But if we have this emotional condition of joy, then we're sitting in real joy. So no matter what comes, we have joy because joy is based on spiritual realities, not these realities that we can see and touch and feel, right? So spiritual realities mean that this is a reminder for us in this present moment that we view this present moment, whatever's happening, however I'm feeling, whatever I'm doing, I'm viewing it in light of God's plan for the future. That's why joy carried Jesus through the cross. That's why he could endure the cross because he knew God's plan for the future. So what does that mean? It means there's joy in the process. This promised powerful joy, promised powerful present of joy is in the process. It doesn't mean, joy doesn't mean that there won't be trials. Joy doesn't mean that there won't be hardship. It means joy is in the messy middle of your life. So joy is your promise in the middle. Psalm 126 says, it was like a dream come true when you freed us from our bondage and brought us back to Zion. We laughed and laughed and overflowed with gladness. We were left shouting for joy and singing your praise. All the nations saw it and joined in saying, the Lord has done great miracles for them. Yes, he did mighty miracles and we are overjoyed. Now Lord, do it again. Restore us to our former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until our dry hearts are drenched again. Those who sow their tears as seeds will reap a harvest with joyful shouts of glee. Does anybody need some refreshing this year? Does anybody want to reap a harvest with joyful shouts of glee? Do you know how you do that? You sow your tears. And what happens sometimes in church is we say, oh no, I can't be sad, I've got the joy of the Lord, I'm not allowed to be sad because I have the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. No, 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 this verse is telling us Sow your seeds in tears. So some of you might be in here devastated with what's happening in your life. Devastated, sorrowful. Maybe something terrible happened to you. Sow your tears. And some of you are thinking, 
How am I gonna reap this harvest? I'm so sad. I'm so sad. I can't even think about joy, let alone be joyful. The process is sowing your tears so you reap joy. So some of you aren't experiencing harvests of joy because you haven't sown your tears. If they hurt you, cry about it. If somebody did something wrong to you, cry about it. Sow those tears and then let God give you a harvest. What is that? Process. Sowing and reaping is process. There's another way to say it is, though sorrow lasts for the night, the joy comes in the morning. So we get excited about the joy in the morning, and we should, but there's still sorrow in the night. We still have the process of the night to walk through. That's why we need this promised powerful present to carry us through. That's why it's our strength. So I know some of you may be saying, I can hear your thoughts. I can hear you online. I can hear your thoughts here. Oh, Danielle, this is so easy for you. You like have a husband and kids and you get to like preach on Sundays and you sing on the worship team and you're an Enneagram seven so everything is fun. It's so easy for you to be joyful. Well, I'd love to give you a layout of the pain in my life, but we don't have time for it. <laughs> because we don't need to compare one another's stories because we know that the Bible says in the word world you'll have trouble. We all have hard things we have to deal with. We all have things that are hurtful, things that are difficult that we have to walk through. And the trouble with me is, or any of my Enneagram 7 friends, shout out, is we like to just ignore the, ignore the bad stuff. So all of these hardships are happening and I am not gonna look at it. And then what's happening? The whole time that I'm ignoring it, it's just building up and building up and building up and then suddenly I'm aware of all of this pain, all of this hardship, all of these trials, and before I know it, I've locked myself in the closet crying and I have no idea how I got here. Why? Because I never sowed my tears. I never felt the pain and the sorrow and then sowed it for God to give me a harvest. So there's joy in the process. We can't separate the, jo we can't separate the gospel and joy. It cannot be separated because good news brings great joy. So if good news brings great joy, there's no way to separate it. So what does that mean? It means sow your tears, sow your sorrow, and joy will grow and be apparent in your field called life. Joy is gonna grow, joy is gonna grow in your life and you can harvest joy and then it's overflowing and then what does it do? It overflows to people around you. It follows all, all the way to people around you. Colossians 1.11 says, this is Paul writing to the church, he says, we pray that you may be strengthened and invigorated with all power, according to his glorious might, to attain every kind of endurance and patience with joy. What does that mean? Stewardship, it's a good church word, stewardship. You know what stewardship is? Management. How do we endure, how do we attain every kind of endurance and patience with joy? Management. I get it, ugh, management. I hate the idea of time and structure and confines. I wanna wake up in the morning when I want to and go to sleep when I want to. I wanna feed my kids when I want to and take them to school when I want to, but you know what, that's not how we live. And I would like that for about a day. And then what would happen? I would wonder why am I so miserable? Because I'm not managing my life. 
Endurance, what is endurance? It's managing our energy. I'm not really what you call a runner, but I know a little bit about people running. My friend Bailey, she runs all the time. So you have to build your endurance, right, Bailey? You have to build your endurance to run. But when you build it, then what is endurance? It is managing your energy. Because if you exert all your energy in one place, there's nothing left for the rest of the time. But if you give no energy, then what happens? You go nowhere. So you have to learn how to manage your energy. What is patience? Managing our emotions and managing our expectations. If I have an expectation that I'm gonna get something right now and it doesn't show up, I'm mad. But if it wasn't meant to be here now, we have to learn how to manage it. It's all management. It's all managing our energy, our, our expectations, our emotions, and you know what else it's managing? Our time. And this is tough, but hear me, family. If you don't manage your time, you can't expect to live in fullness of joy. I've never seen someone who is full of joy that doesn't manage their life well. Do you know why? Because we have been given this gift, but it has to be managed. It has to be stewarded. We have to learn how to manage our time. So if we forget to pay a bill because we were too busy doing other things, if we forget to write that paper for school because we were too busy on the internet, if we were too busy three hours on TikTok and then we realize I didn't make dinner and now I'm hungry, then we wonder why am I not filled with joy? You know why? Because we didn't manage our time well. We didn't manage our life well. So this promised powerful present has to be managed and it is available to us in the process. And you know what's so beautiful about all of this? It's through the process, the ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, the feeling like you're turned around and sideways of the process. God has been with us through the entire thing. Do you know that in 2020, I've seen God do things that I've never seen him do before. I've seen God move in ways that I've never seen before. I've experienced God on a level that I've never experienced him before because he's been with us this whole time. So this promised powerful present that's available to us in the process is found and filled in his presence. Joy is filled in God's presence. That's the way in our process of planting that we always have access to joy. The Bible says, you show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Not some fabricated feeling, not some excitement about the holidays, fullness of joy. But his presence is how it started. Unto you this day is born a savior. His presence is where joy was found to begin with. And that's how you keep continuing to be filled with joy. Because Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. But this joy that he gives us, this present of joy, can continually be filled in his presence. But you gotta sow your tears, you gotta manage your life, and you got to get in his presence. Bridge family, we live lives in God's presence. When the Bible says pray without ceasing, it doesn't mean you have to be verbally praying all the time. The Passion says it so beautifully, it says make your life a prayer. What does that mean? It means I'm communing with God always. When it's good, when it's bad, when it's ugly, 
I am communing with the Father who gave us this beautiful gift. Psalm 100 says, lift up a great shout of joy, sing your way into his presence. You know, sometimes it takes the obedience of opening your mouth to sing, to sing your way into his presence. Sometimes it takes you having to jump a little bit. Sometimes it takes you having to clap a little bit. Sometimes it takes you having to move yourself into his presence. Not fabricate a feeling, but being obedient to sing our way into his presence because his presence is transformational. And this present joy is transformational. So we cannot experience joy and not be transformed. We cannot come into his presence and not be transformed. It's impossible because who he is changes us. So I wonder today, if wherever you're at, on campus, online, live or later, I wonder if you have a present in front of you but you've just tossed it aside because the wrapping wasn't that great. I wonder if there's this present that God wants to give you in 2020 that you just tossed on the ground because it didn't come the way you thought it was gonna come. Because it didn't look like what you thought it was gonna look like. I wonder if you're ready to give up because this gift, this present, didn't come the way that you thought it should. But do you know that that little baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and laying in a manger with gross cloths on hay with animals all around, none of that took away from the value of that present. So none of this painter's tape and ripped paste paper and cardboard, none of this can take away from the gift that's on the inside. So I want you to imagine yourself here Christmas morning as a child, maybe you've seen this in other kids, maybe you experienced this yourself, and you're ready to go down to the Christmas tree and get your presents. My kids on Christmas morning, we have to pass them out, you know, there's like an order to things, so they grab them all, and this one goes to you, and this one goes to you, and this one goes to you, and this one, oh, this has your name on it, mommy, okay, this one, and this one, and this one, and we pass them all out because you get the present with your name on it. And you grab that present with your name on it, and you receive and you unwrap that gift. But some of you right now are so caught up in the worry of that is 2020, the worry that might be what's gonna happen in 2021, that you're trying to open this present with oven mitts on. So you can't get in it. You're just, you're just hitting it and pawing at it and you can't open it because you're so consumed with worry that you can't access the gift that has your name on it. So right now, wherever you are, I believe that God is showing you this gift, this present, this powerful promised present with your name on it. And it's sitting under a tree, but it's not a Christmas tree. It's sitting under the tree on Calvary where he gave his life for you, where he sacrificed everything for you where he knew he was gonna die, but for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Do you know what that joy was? That joy was you, that joy was you, that joy was you, that joy was you, that joy was me. We are the joy that was set before Jesus that gave him the strength to endure the worst possible death, the greatest agony 
and you were worth it. And not only did he endure it, he called it joy. So I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what's going on in your life today. I don't know if you're facing the pain or if you're ignoring the pain or if you don't even know that there's pain, but I have news for you. There is a promised present bridge with your name on it and it is powerful and it brings strength to your life. But you know how you get that present refilled over and over and over again? In His presence. So right where you are, can you just stand Lift your hands. If you're at home, would you do me a favor? Would you just stand and lift your hands with us? I wanna read to you one more verse. Philippians 4.4 says, celebrate God all day. All day, every day. I mean revel in Him. Celebrate Him with dancing. Celebrate Him with joy. And Romans 15.13 says, Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust Him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with His superabundance until you radiate with hope. There we are, family, full circle, back to the first theme of hope. You will radiate with hope when the gift of joy, when the present of joy is continually being filled in you. And we continually fill that joy in His presence. So right now where you are, will you just lift your hands? If you need to cry, cry and sow those tears. If you need to dance, dance. If you need to shout, shout. We're gonna gonna sing a song in a minute and it's a shouting song, it's a dancing song. And sometimes even when you're crying, even when there's tears streaming down your face, you need to dance your way into His presence and you need to sing your way into His presence. So right where you are, why don't you lift your hands? Why don't you clap? Why don't you shout? Why don't you dance? And we're gonna declare that this present of joy that's powerful and promised is available right now. Shut the light!